live on the Freak Radio Network, broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios. Driven by General Tire, it's Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Rookie Sergeant. Paging Dr. Douchebag. Crash Gladys. Getting cramped positions. And Statman. Don't overdrive the car. Here's the Freaks. You know, we're riding a pretty good wave of motorsports here on this planet, especially the United States. Kyle Larson continues to win freaking races, but then they drop Nashville in the middle of it. And a race that should have lasted no longer than two, at the most, two and a half hours, is still going on. <laughs> kind of seems like it. Oh, man. What was the final tally? How long did that race last? Oh, Dad, Crash, do you know? you have any idea what the final tally was on that? I don't know. I would imagine it was easily three hours, three and a half. Three and a half, I would imagine, yeah. At the halfway point, it was one hour and 50 minutes. That's one hour, five, zero minutes. Yeah, that's, that's, would, long. that's almost two hours at the halfway point. That's too long. I'd give them a pass if it was an exciting race. But there was nothing exciting about that race other than that last segment. Is Kyle Larson going to win another one? Okay, no. I, I, I'm going to differ with you on that because ah. just stay away from the front of the field. There was a lot of action going on throughout this race. And at the end, yes, Kyle Larson was driving away with it by more than five seconds. But the battle for second place was on. And I mean, to see Ross Chastain snag that at the last, I mean... There was enough action if you just didn't focus on the leaders. Or the length of the race, that man. Or the length of the race. It was staggering. I mean, I I looked up at one time, and it seemed like the race had been going on since Wednesday, and they still had 71 laps left to go. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was amazing. And what was even more amazing, it turned out to be a fuel economy run, and uh, Kyle Larson did almost 80 laps or more. I, you know, at the last I saw, he had done 76 laps and still had, I don't know, 10 or 15 to go on one tank of fuel, still had enough to do burnouts and drive the car to the uh, victory circle. I mean, how, how, he must have had a gas tank in his uh, roll bar or his, his cage or something. You know? on the guy? <laughs> I mean, it was, yeah, it was unreal how, how what fuel economy he got in that last uh, tank of gas. Kyle Larson hasn't lost a race since he started to shave about uh, 15 years ago. Holy <laughs> smokes, it. wins another one. His third. Four na- weeks in a row. Four weeks in a row. No. Yeah. This is just four th- cup races in a row. I mean, right. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. What drives me crazy is. They want to technically say three races because last weekend was the all-star race and no points were on the line. Come on, people. It's four cup races in a row. That was still a race last weekend, even if it wasn't for points. Okay, so run it down for the people, for the folks that don't understand it's four. Okay, first was the Coca-Cola sick. No, that was the second one, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Now I'm already confused. There you go. That's where I was going to help you out there, Crash. (laughs) Regardless, dude's on a freaking roll. It's incredible, which, by the way, Freak Nation... You should check out our Facebook page, a good 15, 20 minutes with Kyle Larson. And according to the thousands that have seen that interview, uh, it's a an interview that you just don't see too often with 
Kyle Larson. So check it out, Speed Freaks on Facebook. How you doing, man? Big show for you tonight. Alex Palou or Palou, depending on what side of the ocean you're from. Hello. IndyCar Series winner from Road America. He'll be here in the Freak Nation. Doug Kobe, who won the first SRX Racing Series race in Stafford. Uh Stafford Speedway in Connecticut. Right, Stafford, Connecticut. Uh, He'll be joining us this show. Also, Forrest Lucas, the namesake for Lucas Oil. Forrest Lucas, who started his company out of the back of an 18-wheeler. He'll be joining us in the second hour here in the Freak Nation. 602-260-9191. Can't we just limit these freaking – can't we time these NASCAR races? Why do you have such a – there are people out there that have a problem shortening these three-and-a-half-hour races, bro. Three-and-a-half hours of NASCAR Cup racing. 602-260-9191. 602-260-9191. Tell me, tell Crash, tell Stat why you enjoy – Three and a half hours of racing. The Formula One race lasted how long, Crasher? One hour and 27 minutes. The IndyCar race lasted how long? One hour and 50 minutes. An NHRA race lasts four seconds on a good day. Well, that's that's the finals. I mean, okay, if we want to put, if we want to compare apples to apples, an NHRA race on TV is still, I think they shorten it to two hours, but they jam a lot of info into that two hours with your finals being right. live. So here's the phone number to play with, the 602-260-9191. Also on Twitter at Speed Freaks, therefore on Facebook and the website, speedfreaks.tv. We're going to bring in TV. We're going to bring in some affiliates and get into some Crash Gladys pit news and notes next. Speed Freaks, we promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. The Freaks. Welcoming in a number of affiliates. Six past the hour here in the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks on a Sunday night. Lucas Oil Studios, Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent. Thank you guys for hanging out. Coming up in about six minutes, Alex Polo will be joining us here in the Freak Nation. IndyCar Series winner this afternoon from Road America. He'll be here, but first, Crash Gladys, Pit News and Notes. Brought to you by our good friends at General Tire. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out their line of tires for that big, fat truck SUV. Sports car, sedan, we roll on GTs. Why not you, Crasher? So the NASCAR Cup Series returned to Nashville for the first time in 37 years. And it was a massive triple header for each of the top series as well. First, Ryan Priest made his debut in the truck series, took the lead from Grant Enfinger with seven laps to go to secure the win in his debut. Then it was Kyle Busch's turn as he won his 100th Xfinity race on Saturday and Bush had a shot, for a little while at least, on Sunday, but Sunday did belong to Kyle Larson. Yes, the same Kyle Larson who has been in victory lane the last three weeks as well. And get this fun fact, Kyle Larson drives the number five. The last cup race in Nashville, 37 years ago, was also won by the number five, Jeff Bodine, in that machine. IndyCar raced in the land of beer and brats, where just like Detroit, unfortunately, the day was led mostly by Penske's Joseph Newgarden. Yet at the restart, with just three laps to go, his gearbox failed him, and Alex Pillow slung shot by him to drive on for the win. His second win on the season now, making him the points leader in IndyCar. Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas were the winners in the doubleheader in Indy Lights. Manuel Saluiman and Christian Rasmussen were your winners in Indy Pro 2000. Kiko Porto and Thomas Netview, your two winners in USF 2000. 
Next for stop and allowed Lewis Hamilton to pass him at the start of the French GP due to a miscalculation. But in the end, it was Verstappen back around Hamilton for the win on the final lap. And Max has now extended his points lead in Formula One. SRX race its second weekend of existence. This one belonged to the co-creator, Tony Stewart. Smokes drivers at Tony Stewart Racing have won the Knoxville Nationals 11 times. But as a driver himself, Stewart has never been in Knoxville's victory lane. He went on to say, this is where I've watched Donnie Schatz and Steve Kinzer, the greatest of the greats in sprint car racing. So this is the place I've always wanted to be for sure. This win here is pretty cool. Dylan Ferrandez was your Lucas Oil Motocross 450 victor at High Point in Pennsylvania with two second places in both of the motos. Adam Ciancarulo winning the first moto, Eli Tomac with number two. Alex Palou, IndyCar Series winner, joining us, and electric cars in NASCAR. We'll get to it coming up on a Father's Day. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for a good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel will do the work of a team of mechanics. The powerful combination of oils and additives in Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system while increasing power and fuel economy because it's burning excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak and keep the army of mechanics away a little longer. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, uh, fresh vanilla off the rocky road. Chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop it is. Scoop it is. Scoop it is. Scoop it is. Scoop shakalaka, 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 shakalaka. Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Time is more valuable today. There's less time to keep our vehicles looking their best. That's where Lucas Oil Slickness Speed Wax steps up. It's great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slickness simply mists on and then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy and works on wet or dry surfaces. For a complete detail, there's also Slick Mist Interior or Slick Mist Tire and Trim Shine. Lucas Oil, it works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. Your soap is Ugh. And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell. Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. 
You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Arkansas Studios Freak Nation coming up on our 21st birthday. Yeah, man. Uh, 21 years old we are. Lucas Oil Studios, part of those 21 years. Crash Gladys, Statman, Kenny Sargent, thank you guys for hanging out, man. Now joining us here in the Freak Nation. He's been in here before, but uh, not after a big win like this. Alex Pelot joining us here in the Freak Nation. Uh, Alex, uh, again, with the, with the win earlier today, Road America, uh, you still have to drive yourself home to Indianapolis? Can't you afford a freaking driver, bro? <laughs> hey, guys. Thank you for having me once again. Um, I mean, I like driving. I don't mind. It's all right. It's just a couple of hours. Um, I have good company here with my girlfriend, and it's always good to drive uh, back home when you have a win. Well, that's true. You do do it for a profession, but how different is the Alex Pillow on the regular U.S. freeways versus Alex Pillow on the racetrack? <laughs> yeah, well, when I started driving, I was trying to overtake everybody, and then my girlfriend was like, "Whoa, whoa, you're not on the race now." I'm joking. Like, I, <laughs> you, you have like your driver, and then when you are in the street, you just drive normally and safely. So, no worries about that. So, have you ever received any tickets from the cops? Not here in the U.S. yet. I got one. Uh, my took second day of driving in Spain as soon as I got my license but uh not here so yeah hopefully we can keep it clean <laughs> alex Pillow, your road america winner joining us here in the freak nation part of the indycar series crew uh alex with this win today it's it's a track where a lot of drivers they're fans of it yet some are not fans given just the way the track is laid out in general you're not a veteran that's running this track you know 10 15 times what do you think I, yes you love the track you won the damn thing but is it a difficult track for you? Yeah, I love this track. This is my favorite road course of the year. Um, I would say after the Indy 500, it's my favorite event. Um, and yeah, it's it's a tough uh, track. It's super long. You have like really, um, really technical uh, places like the carousel. It's like a super long corner, super high speed, and the car is moving all around. But uh, it's super nice when you when obviously when you drive an Indy car and it's even nicer when you win the race like everything feels better Alex below what are some of the things you like about road America is it the undulations the curves the straightaways the technical aspects of one of the great places in American racing I would say that it's more like um being a a track that it's so long and that we have enough um space between the corners and we have like really hard braking I think that's um, what all drivers like to do, uh, like really hard braking, and then we have really fast corners. So it's a really complete track, to be honest. Like we we all enjoy driving it. Well, you didn't mention anything about Seepkins, the legendary hotel and place where you can take a boat out and go jet skiing, and of course, Jägermeister shots. You didn't mention that. You didn't mention the legendary Wisconsin cheese and bratwurst. There's got to be other things about the track besides just the racing surface. Yeah, that's true. But uh, unfortunately, nowadays, we don't have that much time to really uh, enjoy the surroundings of 
of the of the racetrack. So I was driving uh, to the racetrack on Thursday. We did a truck walk, and then it was like free practice, qualifying, and race. So it was like super short. So unfortunately, I didn't get to try all those things that you mentioned. You know what? That's a good point. And it's it's not just the pandemic that has taken away the length of sports weekends. It's been just kind of the trend over the last couple of years, pandemic aside. Are you a guy that would rather soak in the sights and sounds and flavors of each area that you visit? Or do you want to just get in, get the race done and get out of there? I mean, what I like is to race, obviously. But yeah, I would prefer if we could have like a couple of days um, of like just testing so we could have some some time off and, and I can visit all the places that we go to because we go to really lovely places, but I cannot get to see them. Like people ask me, oh, you went there and how was it? Did you visit that or that? And I'm like, uh, no, I, I know my hotel is nice and the restaurant is nice as well, but I don't know anything else. So um, hopefully we can get that back soon. Um, but as you said, it's a trend that's been uh, going before the pandemic um, and the pandemic obviously didn't help at all. Alex Blow is the IndyCar winner, Road America today. And now points leader. And yes, now the points leader in the IndyCar series. Alex, what went through your mind when Joseph Newgarden lost his car? Did somebody tell you? Was it a surprise? What went through your mind? No, to be honest, I didn't really see. Like, I was super close to him just because we were uh, up from a restart and I was really close trying to get past him. Uh, I was still too far to get the pass in turn one, but that was close enough. Um, so I suddenly saw that I was a lot faster than him. And I said, oh, wow, look at these HPD guys that gave me a lot of power today. But um, yeah, it was that we had a lot of power, but he had an issue and and we, we just were there ready to get that lead uh, in case something was happening. So happy to get that win. Clearly, you've been racing for your entire life, basically. You you are used to having something close in on you really fast, but that looked even faster than I can remember, maybe besides anything happening at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Is it just innate in you now that when you close up on somebody and it, it's over 200 miles an hour that you just, all right, no big deal, just another day at the track? Or do you get nervous butterflies sometimes in a situation like that? Um, I mean, as as a race car driver, like you say that we don't really have uh, those butterflies and we don't get nervous, but we are actually nervous during all race because we're racing race cars, uh, Indy cars around and we're really close. But uh, no, I was just there and I saw the opportunity and you go for it. And afterwards, yeah, you think like, what what was that? Like what happened? And, and you get excited, but uh, not during the moment. Alex Below in the Freak Nation on a Sunday night, the Lucas Oil Studios. Alex, one of the great things that the Freaks do in the past 21 years is watching teams when the lights come on, when they figure it out, when they're no longer in the dark and they're running at the front. That's been you this year. You're only the second team to win two races, and you're the points leader. What turned the lights on for you? Yeah, I mean... The number 10 NTT data car, it's been awesome uh, all year. And, and all the Chip Ganassi racing team did an amazing job. I, I cannot thank them enough. But uh, to be honest, yeah, when you look from outside, it's like, oh, yeah, these guys are so good everywhere. But we actually start struggling in some places. And, and, and the guys, my engineers, my crew, they are able to get me uh, the best car at the race where where it, where that matters. Like, on qualifying, we were like P5 struggling quite a lot, and we were like A10 from Joseph. But then on the race, we were 
a bit faster than him and we were able to push him. So, um, yeah, I would say just a lot of work. Everything's going good so far for us and hopefully we can keep it going until the end of the season. It's no doubt that Rossi or Pagano or New Garden, Ryan hunter Ray, those guys can still win races, but Pato Award, you, Polo, you've got uh, Colton Herta. The changing of the guard has been changed. Younger drivers are kicking ass, not necessarily to the effect we're forgetting the Scott Dixons of the world, but you're contending for championships and taking seats from those older guys. Do you have conversations with the younger drivers about that? Um, no, we don't. Uh, but yeah, it's true that there's a lot of uh, really good young drivers, like you mentioned, Pato and, and Herta. They are always up there, and, and they are making it. They are making it really tough. But uh, yeah, you can never underestimate uh, Scott. Like today, I think he started like 13th and finishing P4. That's how he wins championships. And he's my teammate. He's gonna be the um, the guy that I think that we're gonna be fighting until the last race. Uh, but that's a good thing. And and yeah, it's. Hopefully we can be the champions by the end of the year. Do you have some sort of a younger driver's club, so to speak, for lack of a better word? Basically, I worked in IndyCar in the late 90s, mid to late 90s. And at that time, it was Dario Franchitti, Paul Tracy, Brian Herta. It was Greg Moore. It was all those guys were buddies. Tony Kanaan was in there. All those guys were buddies and they were serious. They had very, very tight friendships. Are you guys starting to form that with your group of younger drivers now? Yeah, but you know, those guys, they had so many test days, so many races, ah. so many time on the track that they could really like get together. But as That's I told true. you, like we have no time. We see, I think the first time I saw Herta and Power during this weekend was on the podium and I get to see my teammates. So, um, yeah, we really, we have really strong relationships, but uh, I, I would say that I'm super close with my teammates, Scott, Dario, uh, Marcus, Jimmy, Tony. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, we are not those kind of buddies that you say, uh, from the late nineties, but, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's nowadays. That's Alex, no, but that's a good point. Things have changed and that's not a driver's fault. That's a good point. Alex, yeah. what, did, what did your, what did your team owner, Chip Ganassi, what's the first thing he said to you when he saw your face out of that helmet? I don't know if he told me something, but he just hugged me uh, strong. So I was like, okay, Chip, like, okay, that's enough. Um, but uh, yeah, that was, he was super happy. He's always, obviously, super happy when one of the two Ganassi Racing teams uh, win. Um, and yeah, he just uh, congratulated us, all the team, because this is a team effort. It's not me that won that race today. It was all my crew and all the two Ganassi Racing team, even the people that is back at the shop. Um, so, yeah, we're just super happy, but we got to continue doing it. Those indie cars sure are sexy. From one to ten, ten being super sexy. How do you rank an indie car? How do, how sexy is it to you? Are you really asking that question? Like it's a ten. Obviously, it's a ten. It's amazing to drive. If you see the onboard, like the cars are moving all the time, and to put the car on the limit, you have to be driving it like super hard, mm-hmm. and that's what drivers likes and, and also we can drive super hard on on during the race we can touch each other like wheel to wheel if it's not super bad normally the cars uh last so um yeah it's an amazing championship amazing cars and, and really good drivers to fit with alex below joining us here in the freak nation always fantastic when your indycar winner rolls in 
to the Lucas Hole Studios. Alex, safe travels home, buddy. Look forward to getting you back in sometime this year. Yeah, thank you so much, guys, for having me once again. So Joseph Newgarden, 19 of the last, excuse me, 99 of the last 125 laps, he's led. In Detroit, Pato Award ran him down, got the win. Follow me here. And the driver who led the most laps has not won an IndyCar in the last six races. Team Penske still seeking its first victory of the year in nine races. It's the deepest into a season. Crash, you heard this as well. Into a season where Penske, <laughs> Statman, has gone without a victory since its 1999 winless season. You catch that, Stat? Yeah, uh, that sounds strange. I don't yeah. know what... Uh, I, I don't know, maybe... Some little strange changeover. Somebody's left management, and uh, Penske has got to deal with a lot of bigger issues besides his team. He's got the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, the entire IndyCar series, and uh, somebody's his sports car team. Yeah, yeah somebody's <laughs> dropping the ball in there somewhere, you know, and you don't know who, if it's Cindric or who, but. That's just uh, rare that uh, Penske doesn't show, doesn't flex its muscle at some point uh, this early in the season. That's a great point. Look what happened to Will, uh, Will Power, the first race in Detroit. Those electrical mm-hmm. issues. Joseph Newgarden plummeted from first to, I think, 21st today to lose that race. After doing so in the second race in Detroit, mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, insane. There is something going on. Your Statman Scat coming up in moments. Also, some Father's Day conversation that we're going to have. And I also want to get into the conversation about an electrical series, all-electric series, for NASCAR. Uh, Some of you poo-pooed Toyota getting into NASCAR many, many years ago. I want to hear you poo-poo the electric series that will be coming to NASCAR, right? (laughs) I got to have me a carburetor on it. What? Fuel injected? Uh, Gotta be made in America. Right? Toyota's not made in America. So what do you mow your lawn with? A Honda. Well, okay, <laughs> settle down, Skipjack. <laughs> oh, man, a couple of dads going at it. <laughs> oh, no. I checked in with Formula Drift this weekend. Imagine my surprise to find someone is using a Ferrari in competition and won a battle this weekend in Englishtown. It isn't a front runner, but the idea of Frederico Serfo building a Ferrari 599 drift car with a supercharged 6-liter V12, well, that's crazy. And it's not Ferrari red, it's yellow. Looks good, though, and sounds wonderful. He could sell CDs or downloads for your own in-car enjoyment. The youth movement in IndyCar is hitting Formula D. I'm impressed that a one-time buddy, Chelsea Denofa, a former broadcast engineer in Philadelphia, is now winning events and in the top five in points, top qualifier this weekend. The two guys who started Formula Drift are brilliant. In 18 years, they've survived a worldwide recession and a global pandemic, and they're still growing. That's world-class cool. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Sometimes all I think about is you. Sometimes all I think about is you. Late nights in the middle of June. He 
It's been faking me out. Can't make you happier now. Sometimes all I think about is you. Late nights in the middle of June. Yeah, I hate to interrupt this. Bring it up, Richie. Can't make you happier now. Usually I put something Who is this, Richard? It's a band called Glass Animals. I like that. What are your favorites? No, I just really like this song. I've been listening to it a lot lately. Perfect for the heat wave that's been going on throughout the entire West Coast of the United States, including here in Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This segment brought to you by our good friends at Lucas Oil, Lucas Oil Slick Mist Interior Detailer. It's a spray treatment exclusively formulated by our friends at Lucas Oil, designed to clean and protect like nothing you've ever used before. I use it. You should, too. Spray is needed on the interior surfaces, plastic, vinyl, leather, rubber, metal for that like-new look. For more information, go to lucasoil.com, or you can check it out. It's your favorite auto parts store today, lucasoil, lucasoil.com. Stabman's excited. Crash is excited. I don't, I'm just kind of making that up. But uh, NASCAR, now it's being reported that NASCAR is looking into bringing in a companion. There's the key word right there. A companion series, all electric series. Okay. I said companion, not taking over immediately what we got going on right now. Yeah. Which is why, yes, you are correct. I like this. It's so it would be, I'm assuming run kind of like the truck series as a companion to the cup right. series, the Xfinity series, much like Formula Electric, Formula E is a companion to many of the Formula One events. Not all, but some. So, yeah, I, this is totally fine, people. And this is where I wanted to go with Statman. Have you followed the Formula E series in detail, Statman, or is it just kind of a peripheral for you? It's a peripheral for me. I followed a couple of races. I watched uh, one this weekend that won by uh, Audi was one and two. Degrassi was the winner. Uh, I think it, I don't think it was live. I think it was something that was you know, recorded and played back. But uh, no, I don't watch all the races, but I do keep, I kind try to keep track because I've said in scats and we've talked about this several times that if you want manufacturer interest in what you're doing, you have to consider this. Uh, and, uh, you know, it could be something that may not be as important as the trucks or Xfinity, but, you know, maybe something at the level of ARCA or um, uh, uh, K&N, uh, something at that level uh, where they can kind of grow the thing over a couple of years. But manufacturers want to see this because that's what they uh, want to sell in the showrooms. Want to sell and need to need to sell based on upcoming regulations. And it's in the in the end, it's better for all of us in the world. But, yeah, this is the future of automotive. Again, not saying it's going to be a total replacement to what we all currently drive, but it is the future. So racing needs to play with the future as well. Can we shorten the damn races first before we bring in <laughs> electric dang cars? No, if they bring electric cars in, the right. races will be shorter. You can bet that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, you go into the batteries, wear out. They run a charge. That's a great point. <laughs> or tell the ba the batteries or the extension cord. When they run out of extension cord, the race will stop immediately. 
I, I get in some circumstances in life, just life in general, where we're concerned about change. But the evolution of the automotive industry in our last 20 plus years of doing this thing has been absolutely bonkers. The, how do I phrase this? The evolution of the engine from carburetor driven engines to fuel injective to injection to, we got dudes running their own spaceships to Mars, man. So <laughs> it's, it's coming, man. There's drone racing. I don't think we ever right? thought we would say those words together when we started the show in June of the year 2000. There's also, there's other airplane races that are not even remotely similar to the Reno air races that we've been to or the, or the Red Bull air races. There's other higher technology airplane races that it's just a whole nother level as well. So yeah. Anything's possible. Don't be afraid of, well, gosh, I, man, I sound like a parent. Don't, <laughs> Don't be, be afraid, afraid of, of change, change. Henley. <laughs> <laughs> it's all she does is change every damn day. Change is good. <laughs> Coming up next segment, some Father's Day conversation I want to get into. Uh, our, the three of us, influential fathers, what did they mean to us in motorsports growing up? We're going to hear from Don Schumacher Racing and several drivers from Don Schumacher's drag team, drag racing team, and how influential their fathers were for those drivers. Get to that. Speaking of influential fathers, Forrest Lucas, the namesake for Lucas Oil. Yes, Lucas Oil Stadium. That guy, he'll be joining us next hour here in the Freak Nation. Stick around. More Freaks coming up. Lucas Oil Studios. Motorsports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager learning the lingo. GOAT, G-O-A-T, acronym, stands for greatest of all time. As in spaghetti sandwiches for dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. Transmissions are one of the most complicated and expensive components in your car or truck. Don't let leaks and low fluid make a bad situation even worse. Use Lucas Transmission Fix in your older car's transmission to stop slipping, hesitation, and rough shifting. Lucas Transmission Fix was specially formulated to make your automatic transmission perform like new, and it actually eliminates most leaks. It also works on light-duty manual transmissions to increase shifting ease and transmission life. Shift your problem to Lucas Transmission Fix. Lucas Oil. It works. 
Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. A total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring the Arca Menard Series, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Dirt Series, Pro Pulling League, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl Nationals. MAV-TV, the only television network dedicated to motorsports. Go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fixed 24-7, 365. Your soap is... And your body wash is a synthetic detergent. But you're not a dish. You're a man. Switch to Dr. Squatch Natural Soap for Men. For men who build things. Open pickle jars on the first try. Slay dragons. And let their daughters braid their hair. Men who like to feel good and smell... Titillating. Dr. Squatch takes you places you never thought you'd go. Naked. What up? It's Kenny Sargent. And have you checked out Speed Freaks website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv. And it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. You're listening to Speed Freaks Motorsports Radio Redefined. Hey. You know my ex, so that makes it all feel complicated, yeah. It all seems complicated. I read those texts that you sent to yours, but I'll never say it, yeah. I'll never say You walked in my life at 2 a.m. Cause my voice I can't say it enough, man. Thank you, General Tire, for making this thing possible. Go to GeneralTire.com, check out the line of tires for whatever's in your garage. And make sure you follow us on Twitter at Speed Freaks, because every week we give you a chance to win a set of General Tires. All you have to do is beat our ass in predictions when it comes to NASCAR races or IndyCar races. Richie, how did we do for the cup race today? Well, considering um, our contestant did not pick Kyle Larson, if I'm not mistaken... (laughs) Um, I believe right. that means that the general tires are still ours this week. Got it. But we have to, of course, go to the final tally tomorrow. Copy. Yeah, I think she's kind of expecting that, though. As I saw her on Twitter say, looks like Kislowski really let me down today. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of a no-show this year, too. There's a lot of the lot of the big names. Kislowski, Harvick. Harvick was running pretty good today. The Kyle Busch, uh, I was doing pretty good until uh, Elliot let me down, and I just noticed that he finished last. They said he was still running, but he must have had to pit for uh, gas at the last minute. Uh, but I had uh, like three of the top four until you know the towards the very end of the race, and then Elliot just sort of put it in reverse and backed out of the thing. Yeah, I was standing in an Apple store, and I get a text from Statman. Hey, can I change my picks? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad Crash wouldn't let me do that because I would have, you know, I did pretty good until Elliot let me down, and uh, the change that I was going to make would have been even worse. So, yeah. No, I just look. It's it's a scenario where you go with the favorites typically and the, the hot hand, which is Kyle Bush. I mean, Martin, Martin Truex Jr. Can't find you his mean Larson Larson. What'd I say? Bush. Okay. Kyle Larson, hot hand, but 
Martin Truex, the last six, seven races, couldn't find his backside from his hole in the ground. What the hell that meant? Sounded good anyway before it came out. <laughs> we deal with that. <laughs> right. Uh, but yeah, and Richie, and I know you like to watch a little bit of uh, sports while you help produce our show. Did I see this right? Again, we have no TV in our studio here for a good reason, because I need to pay attention to the show for two hours. Where, so Atlanta goes on the road. They win game seven against Philadelphia. Trey Young missed 18 of 23 shots, yet Atlanta still beats Philly in Philly? It's the most Philly sports thing imaginable. Oh they, had a, they, had a lead in, they had a lead in the fourth quarter. Trey Young was not the leading scorer for the Hawks tonight. It was a guy by the name of Kevin Herter who scored yeah. damn near 30 points for the Hawks tonight, and the Atlanta Hawks are moving on to face the Milwaukee Bucks in the Eastern Conference Final, just like we imagined when the playoffs began. That is sick. <laughs> yeah, so the final four in the NBA is Phoenix – and the Los Angeles Clippers, and Atlanta, and the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, who did who to bet that? Speaking of betting for right. a set of tires, who would have bet that final yeah. four? And John Rom, the guy, he's leading in a tournament, and then gets the word that. Uh, he needs to exit stage left due to COVID complications. Comes back for the U.S. Open. Knocks down a couple of birdies there at the end to win his first major. After getting popped for COVID, John Rahm comes out and does that for the U.S. Open. Look, I ain't got no answer, babe. Ain't got no answer. Uh, what is your favorite memory with your dad it being a Father's Day? Well, our friends at Don Schumacher, Don Schumacher Racing, which it's a great follow on Twitter, at Shoe Racing. Uh, this Father's Day, they asked some of their drivers to share their favorite memory of their dad. Here is Leah Pruitt, Antron Brown, Ron Caps, and Matt Hagan talking about their dad. If I can get the volume right. <laughs> favorite moments with my dad would be when he would come up from the starting line to the finish line when I was racing juniors and if I didn't know if I won the round he had this rotating yellow siren of a light and if it was glaring we won and if it wasn't on it was like the most scariest moment ever and you just knew that your day was done but there's nothing like when he would come down pick me up throw me around like a wind light and to this day, every time I went, I always think of my dad. Here's Antron Brown and his favorite dad memories. My favorite memory of my father is when he let me work on his race car with him for the first time. And not just wipe it and polish it, but literally help him take the transmission out. And I was underneath there putting dowel pins inside the transmission in, bolting it in. He taught me how to use the torque wrench and torque it in. I was like, I am finally doing something that's worthwhile and sitting in a race car and being pushed into the trailer driving it. I was actually working on it. And that was my most fondest memory sharing with my dad when I got to share that experience of working on it. Also from Don Schumacher Racing, Ron Caps. I have to say, when I was a kid, um, and I may not have been 16 years old. In fact, I know I was well before 16, but he taught me how to drive in these hills near where he grew up. 
in a little town called Avenal, California, out in the desert, in a, in a little place called Tar Canyon. You would drive up this road, and I was probably 10, believe it or not. And let me just date this. We would play an eight-track of Boston's first album. <laughs> and he taught me how to drive up this Tar Canyon road that had cliffs and boulders and crazy stuff on the side. And that, and then once in a while, he'd reach over and clap at me and try to distract me. Matt Hagen and his dad's stories. With my dad on Father's Day, his winning wrestle um, is probably one of the most memorable times. I cried like a little baby, but uh, I have my dad there, my family there, my kids there. Uh, such a special race. Statman, how influential was your dad with your first car and getting into automotive and automobiles and racing? Oh, man, we don't have enough time. Uh, but my dad was not a car guy. And to say he fought me every step of the way was an <laughs> understatement. Uh, I would have never gotten into racing. If it wasn't for my mother, as a matter of fact. Uh, we went to a race in uh, Las Vegas at Stardust Raceway, a Can-Am race. And, oh. uh, you know, saw some uh, saw some a black team over in the corner and she almost pushed me over there. Go see what those guys are doing. And that was the beginning of uh, my being involved in racing as anything more than a journalist and a fan. Hold on a second. <laughs> Your mom, my mom. Yeah. <laughs> Go over and see what those guys are doing. What were they doing? And, how influential and who were those guys? You, you remember? Yeah, oh yeah, it was uh, uh, it was a regional, a national, an amateur team, uh, the regional champions. They were racing nationally in the SCCA Formula Five Thousand car, and uh, they, they were doing well. And I ended up working on the car, doing the chassis maintenance, testing the car, uh, you know, test sessions, and. Uh, yeah, ended up going to driver school at Jim Russell, and uh, yeah, that that. But it all started at that Can Am race at Stardust Raceway. Where was Stardust Raceway? It was west of the uh, of the strip, and wait a minute, yeah, across was, the fifteen. Yeah, across the fifteen, west of the west of the strip. Uh, as you're going north, left, yeah, west of the strip, out beyond, it's probably houses and everything now, but probably uh, maybe mid-strip, like across from uh, maybe where the Luxor or uh, around in there somewhere, if you turn left and go out about 10 or 15 miles beyond everything up against the foothills there, that was Stardust Raceway. There's a hotel called the Stardust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, hell yeah, there was. But but uh, I just I just love hearing the history of these tracks. Stardust International Raceway, uh, Spring Spring Valley, Nevada, three mile track. Look at these pictures. And there's pictures of the Can Am cars. Holy smokes! You just googled it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the mob was involved in it. <laughs> yeah, there was one accident involving Jim Hill, Jim Hall, and uh, he was, wow, I talked to him several years later and some of the stories of him flying up in the air, turning upside down and landing upside down. That's where he broke his leg and 
uh, was staggering. But yeah, not, my dad fought me on almost everything. I had my 55 Chevy, my 54 Ford, a 56 Chevy that I tried to buy, and uh, another Ford that I tried to buy, and he fought me on it. And, you know, my dad wasn't a car guy at all. Stardust International Raceway, Motorsports Meets the Mob in Vegas, 1965 to <laughs> 1971. This book's on Amazon. Professional motorsports came to Las Vegas in the mid-1950s at a bankrupt horse track swarmed by gamblers and soon became enmeshed with government and organized crime. Oh By 1965, the Vegas racing game moved from makeshift facilities to Stardust International Raceway, grandstands, sanitary facilities, air-conditioned timing towers, some of the biggest names in racing, Mario, Parnelli, Mark Donahue, Bobby Unser, Dan Gurney, Don Garlitz, among them, established a notorious racketeer. The track stood at the confluence of Shadowy elements, wiretaps, casino skimming, Howard Hughes in the beginning of Watergate. Wait, did what you say the? Howard Hughes yeah. and then later say Watergate? Yeah. All with Stardust Raceway? Who the hell wrote this damn thing? I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen all of that, but yeah, this was this would have been in uh, probably late 67 or early 68, probably early 68 when uh when i was there and uh yeah we i you know i walked this just walked up hey i'm me who are you and he looked at me like what are you doing and uh you know we started a relationship right there should we be concerned stat man no 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 that that, they had nothing do you have mob ties (laughs) no not not that i know of I did get stopped. We had a test session in the forum parking lot one afternoon, one evening. We got tied up in traffic in Southern California and couldn't get to Orange County Raceway to uh, break in an engine. And uh, you know, I ended up driving the car around the forum parking lot until <laughs> the security came out. I said, what are you doing? <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> that was funny. That was, and I'm sitting there just flying around the forum parking lot in the Formula 5000 car. You have your Lakers uni on? No, uh-uh. I, I, I didn't even have a driver's suit on. I just had a windbreaker, no helmet, glasses, and uh, just trying to build up speed to get 50 miles on this engine so that we could race it on the weekend. Crash top stat man's gambling corruption racketeering charges. I can't. Can you? No, can you? Statman's involved with a mob. I got to be concerned <laughs> with this radio show. I'm sure things are tapped right now. Show up at our studio. <laughs> it's in the wall. We never know Statman's real name. Maybe that's you why. Know what? There you go. There you go. It's all part of the cover. You roll into those casino circles and you mentioned Statman. Do you get shivers up your spine? Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, as a matter of fact, you you know that that one night we spent at the Imperial Gardens where he couldn't go to sleep. That was oh. probably Bob collected right there. <laughs> you lost your father at four, four years old. Four years old, but yes. you rem- you have a story about your dad that. Well, it's it's pretty clear. I've I think people who follow me on Twitter have known because I put a lot of things up about him. But yeah, he was very instrumental in me becoming a, a part of motorsports because he was an assistant medical director with Dr. Bach, Dr. Trammell, Dr. Olvey. He and Olvey were buds. 
um, back starting in the late 60s and throughout the 70s until he did die. He died in 77 after the Indy 500 that year, after AJ's fourth win. And yeah, I mean, he was one of the guys that was pretty instrumental in putting that traveling safety team together. And because of his passion for the race, and then my grandfather working for Eli Lilly and my grandfather always having seats through Eli Lilly, it just the passion of my grandfather and my dad for that race in general, just kept everybody else in the family constantly going and then, you know, making parties around it. And we had parties with some of the race car drivers at our house when my dad was the doctor at the track. So yeah, clearly if that didn't happen, I wouldn't have the passion that I have for that event. And then of course, other facets of motorsports coming through Indianapolis, meeting people and drag racing and getting to learn about the big go. I mean, again, it all just stems back to my dad's passion and that's what got me going. But yeah, I'll never forget driving with him and his a yellow Mustang or yellow. Yeah. It was a yellow convertible Mustang. It must've been 77 before he passed. And he let me sit on his lap in the driver's seat with the top down. And I don't remember much of it, but I've seen pictures and clearly I liked that moment too. Yeah. You look at the history of your old man at Indianapolis motor speedway and the, the ancillary touches that he made mm -hmm. from you working with NHRA teams, IndyCar teams, uh, not only were you a trailblazer in in, for, in the position that you're in now, but the way you're able to translate that to conversations on the microphone, you just rattle off, uh, you know, it's AJ Ford's fourth win. Dad was still alive. I, mean, wow, how, who the hell? I can't remember my daughter's fourth birthday, but you're. Yeah, I know that's tough, Kenny. <clears throat> you were still counting months of how old she was. I was one. She is. 52 months old or 56 months or whatever the heck. Oh, you, you mentioned Eli Lilly over there and Statman's racketeering charges. We're, we're, this show's been bugged for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> is that my daughter in there? Or is that a spy? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really get birth crash? <laughs> well, wait a minute. You haven't yeah. mentioned your dad. Yeah, your dad was a great man. What, what did he have anything to do with 60 minutes next hour, stat man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for your dad, we wouldn't have this show right now. And it's the hip shot legendary story that we need to hear. More freaks coming up. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. Broadcasting from the Lucas Oil Studios, driven by General Tire, it's Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined, with Kenny Sargent, we love the party, Crash Gladys, what are we doing for the bachelorette party, and Stepman, I am serious, here's the Freaks. <laughs> It's a cool second hour, Freak Nation. Doug Colby won the inaugural Superstars Racing Series in Stafford, Connecticut. He'll be joining us this hour. And the namesake for Lucas Oil, Forrest Lucas. You could say he's Speed Freak's father. Uh, certainly. Speaking of, of influential yeah. people in the Freak Nation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, the time Forrest Lucas, Statman, do you remember this? When Forrest... And Charlotte Lucas sat in the studio with us 
in one of our LA studios. I, I think we were on ESPN 710 at the time. Sounds right. When Charlotte and uh, Forrest sat in the studio, like our third or fourth year. You remember that? No, I just remember the guy. I'm just glad he didn't or go to dinner with us and order a double rasher of bacon for dessert. <laughs> like another uh, one of uh, our freak fathers did. Yeah, freak true. Fathers <laughs> yes. But Forrest and Charlotte Lucas, a uh, couple of homegrown, I mean, from the the ground you stand on, they couldn't be more uh, grassroots to fairly wealthy individuals. <laughs> the story behind those two, we'll get to some of it in the interview with Forrest Lucas coming up this hour. But yeah, Forrest Lucas and Charlotte Lucas in the studio. <laughs> When he looked at Forrest, looked at looked at Crash one time, said, "You really don't shut up, do you?" (laughs) 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 Oh, listen, that's all in fun. It's all in fun, Freak Nation. (laughs) So much fun! Oh boy, Uh, Speed Freaks on Twitter six zero two two six zero ninety one. We can't listen six zero two two six zero ninety one ninety one. Suns fans aren't used to what's going on in Phoenix, Arizona. The Suns are in the are in the Western Conference Finals and are up one nil over the Clippers. Suns fans don't know what to freaking do with themselves other than get into fights. There's another damn fight all over Twitter with some douchebaggery Suns fans getting into it with one dude in the Clippers jersey. Richie, have you seen the latest fight coming out of uh, Suns Arena? I did. I did. I haven't investigated what was going on exactly, but I don't know what it is that the Suns finally get on the national stage for the first time in damn near 30 years, the last time they were in the NBA Finals against the Bulls. And all Suns fans are known for now is for being the douchebags that throw punches at visiting fans. Suns in four. (laughs) Suns in four. (laughs) And I even saw this. There's a TikTok video. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, just go to Twitter, punch in Suns fight. Just punch that in, okay? Oh, no. Suns fight. The first fight that happened in the stands last week, there's a TikTok interview with the dude that got into the Suns fan's face and got the lights punched out of him. There's a TikTok. He's rebutting the fact that he got his ass kicked. I, what? Listen, we're going to have electric cars in NASCAR. That's all I can say. It's just this what's world that we're living in. Well, my point is, you got NASCAR Cup races in Nashville, Tennessee, where it was pretty freaking hot and humid today. I'm not seeing fights in the stands. Yeah, good point. Come on, Suns fan. Come on, Clipper fan. Just settle down. And I'll be I will be honest with you. We took a seven year old to her first Suns game, which was the first playoff game. Of the Nuggets series, the last series, right. yeah. And she was scared. It was so loud in that stadium or in that arena. But she, I'm going to say, you had a Nuggets person sitting right next to you, and that person was very civil. It was the Suns people behind us. Well, he, no, no, a little no. Whack. Skipjack kept with, with joking. She kept saying, MVP. MVP. Like, don't do that, man. Come on. Oh, I I don't know how Do I need that. to punch out somebody to prove my daughter that I'm a man? Okay, see, don't you go into that punch conversation. I don't have any beer. Did it? Do we have beers? Oh yeah. There's a Father's Day conversation we could have. 
Yeah, right. Henley, I'm a man. Yeah, could you imagine Henley 25 years from now when she's doing a radio show? Yeah. And she's doing she's you know doing on a radio Father's show Day. yeah on Father's Day on the on the, on the NBA yeah my dad got me into the NBA when he punched out a freaking Nuggets fan <laughs> <laughs> that was the best day ever oh boy gonna bring in some affiliates here in the Freak Nation and then get into Crash Baddest Pit news and notes coming up Lucas Oil Studios. We promise to suck less. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined the freaks. Bringing in another round of affiliates to join many other affiliates, including Sirius XM, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Audacity, or Odyssey, I should say. It's called. It's incredible. You can't escape the Freak Nation. Speed Freaks, Crash Gladys, Kenny Sargent, Statman, General Tire brings you this segment. Go to GeneralTire.com. Check out the line of tires to keep that big fat F-250 in your garage all fat and happy. What about that SUV, that Lexus SUV? Yeah, man, they got it. Check it out. GeneralTire.com. Crasher? NASCAR was back in Nashville, and first it was Ryan Priest making his debut in the truck series, taking the lead with seven laps to go and getting the win. Then it was Kyle Busch's turn. He won his 100th Xfinity race on Saturday. Bush had a shot for a little while, at least today, on Sunday. But Sunday did belong to Kyle Larson, the same Kyle Larson who, yes, has been in victory lane the last three weeks as well, starting with Charlotte. So get this little fun fact. Kyle Larson drives the number five. The last cup race in Nashville, which was 37 years ago, was also won by the number five, Jeff Bodine, in that machine. IndyCar raced in the land of beer and brats up in Wisconsin, where just like Detroit, the day was led mostly by Penske's Joseph Newgarden. But at the restart with just three to go, his gearbox failed him. Yep, a big pop right across that start finish line. Alex Pillow driving on to the win. Alex joined us last hour. If you missed it, check it out on speedfreaks.tv by tomorrow. Kyle Kirkwood and David Malukas were your double winners in Indy Lights. Manuel Suleiman and Christian Rasmussen, your double winners in Indy Pro 2000. And Kiko Porto and Thomas Nepview, your double winners in USF 2000. Max Verstappen allowed Lewis Hamilton to pass him at the start of the French Grand Prix due to a miscalculation on his part. But in the end, it was Verstappen back around Hamilton for the win of the French Grand Prix. On the final lap, Max has now, again, extended his points lead in Formula One. SRX raced its second weekend of existence, and this one belonged to Tony Stewart. Tony's watched his drivers at Tony Stewart Racing in the Knoxville Nationals victory lane 11 times, but this is the first time Tony himself, as a driver, was in victory lane. Dylan Ferrandez was the Lucas Oil Motocross 450 victor at High Point in Pennsylvania, with two second-place races in both of the motos. Adam Ciancarulo winning the first moto, Eli Tomac with the second moto win. Coming up next, the inaugural Superstars Racing Series, won by Doug Kobe, beating the likes of Tony Stewart, Elio Castroneves, Tony Kanaan. He joins us next, Speed Freaks Pits. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. 
Hey, it's Kenny Sargent and Crash Gladys with Speed Freaks. And we know vehicles, they can be expensive. So without proper maintenance, any vehicle can break down, causing the need for expensive repairs. That's why you need Lucas Oil. Lucas Oil produces the toughest and highest quality lubricants and additives on the market. Lucas products are tested on the track and the street to provide unmatched protection against the most punishing conditions. Hey, no matter what you do, no matter what you drive, Lucas Oil has the product for your mechanical needs. So keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Tasha, did you know Geico could save you hundreds on car insurance and a whole lot more? So what are you waiting for? Hip-hop group tag team to help you plan dessert? Aw, fresh vanilla, rocky road, chocolate, peanut butter, cookie dough. Scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop it is, scoop shakalaka, 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 scoop shakalaka, 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 Geico, switch today and see all the ways you could save. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. What up? It's Kenny Sargent, and have you checked out Speed Freaks' website lately? It's speedfreaks.tv, and it's where you go to download all of our radio shows and our featured podcasts. Plus, it's where you can register for a new set of rubbers from General Tire. Go to speedfreaks.tv, hit the General Tire giveaway banner, fill in all the needed information, and bam! You might get a call from the Freaks about rolling on a brand new set of General Tires. Leave the road and take the trails on a new set of General Tires. And our website at speedfreaks.tv. Today, time is more valuable than ever, and we we all want our vehicles to look their best. To save time and have a great-looking ride, use Lucas Slickmas Speed Wax. Great for paint, chrome, glass, and vinyl. Lucas Oil Slickmas simply mists on, then wipes off, leaving a new car shine every time. It's quick and easy, working on wet or dry surfaces. You can also use Slickmas Interior Detail or Slickmas Tire and Trim Shine for that complete detail look. Lucas Oil. It works. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. On a fall line late night Underneath the stars we came alive And singing to the sky just felt right I won't forget the good times. Freak Nation, we are now into the summer months. Was today the first day of summer? I believe so. Right? Summer solstice, baby. What's up here in Phoenix, man? That damn glow of the sun starts hitting about 4 o'clock in the morning. I'm toast. Yeah. But with it uh, being summer, how about keeping that interior of your car looking fat and happy? With Lucas Oil Slick Mist Interior Detailer. To spray treatment exclusively formulated by Lucas Oil, 
designed to clean and protect your car like nothing you've ever used before. I use it. You should too. I use it. Trust me, when that sun's a bacon, Lucas Oil comes a calling. The hell was that? If I ever say that again, please slap me, stat man. Shines and protects one easy application, restores interior, quick and easy, uses it on everything from rubber to metal to vinyl. Wait, you just said leather. restores interior. Enough said with the baking sun in summer. Got it. Uh, speaking of Lucas Oil, Forrest Lucas will be joining us in about 20, 25 minutes. But first, Crasher? Well, yeah, we start off this hour, at least with the interviews, with the X SRX series. Suffice it to say, this, what is it called? Superstars Racing Experience Series has been a success. It's been a hit with race fans all around the country. But there's something to be said about the vibe of week one being won by, granted, a six-time champion, but a local guy on his track and that's how kenny started off this interview and just basically the ambiance and the craziness of doug kobe walking in with these superstars doug when did it hit you that you were running against dudes that have crazy history in nascar were you looking to your left one there's stewart man there's there's elliot my god there's elio when did <laughs> when did you go mother effort look at these dudes around me so the coolest thing about it with this being the camping world srx series they had uh, a couple of fifth wheel uh campers there for the drivers to use as driver lounges you know with water inside a place to get changed a place to get out of the sun or whatever and they split us into two groups and my group was tony stewart greg biffle paul tracy tony Kanan, and myself and you know i wanted to go put my racing bag in there and just kind of get my stuff set down so i'm like okay here we go like who's going to be in here and uh, sure than hell, uh, Tony Kanan and Paul Tracy are just sitting in there lounging on the couches talking. And uh, I, I walked up, closed the door and I'm like, hey, and they're, you know, kind of like turn and look. And I'm like, I raced with you, you know. So it was uh, that, that was kind of like the, the fun. Uh, oh, crap moment, you know. And, um, you know, honestly, those guys treated me just like one of them the whole whole time. And we're all racers and uh, they had a ton of respect for my background and the modifieds and, and were really interested in, in me personally. Doug, to answer me this, in seventh grade and eighth grade, you know, we had to change in front of our football team, you know, take showers together. Were you changing in front of uh, Paul Tracy and Tony? <laughs> no, there, there was plenty of space in there, you know, all, imagine a, a huge fifth wheel camper. There's bathroom, there's bedrooms, the close the doors and all that stuff. So, uh, no, we, it wasn't like a locker room. It wasn't a community shower, in other words. It was not, no. <laughs> Kenny, why do we always have to bring it back to, speaking of age, the old days, your old days of when you would play yeah. soccer and, like you just said, change in front of people in the locker room and take salt pills because that's the only medically advised thing that they said to do when you were dehydrated? <laughs> yeah, I it's mean, just seriously. how we roll. So yeah, I'm not whatever. so used to that because when the Wheel of Modified Tour goes to Loudon, a lot of times before they change their pit area around, we used to have to unload all of our equipment on pit road. And we just have to change right on pit road to get ready to go out for practice for the race. So I just change right in front of the whole grandstand. So it never really bothers me to do stuff like that. <laughs> what is the strangest thing besides exposing maybe your boxers to people that you don't know? What is the craziest thing you've done in racing? I don't know. Uh, I usually try not to do too many crazy things in racing. I'm a little conservative and, uh, you know, changing in on pit road was at the beginning, always a little bit of a big deal. And I used to hide behind a stack of tires or something like that. But, um, but now I don't know, like I, I can't, I'd have to think about that one long and hard. Uh, probably the dumbest thing I've ever done is fall out of my car on national television when I win the SRX race, but right. you know, that, that, that just happened now. So, uh, I'd like to say I have good stories from my past, but maybe this is just the beginning of uh, funny stories for my racing career. 
And Doug Kobe, back that up a little bit and, and tell people what exactly happened. And do you blame Ray Everham? Uh, I, I will not blame Ray for that one. So, well, maybe a little bit with the car design. So the, the SRX cars actually have a, a little opening side door uh, for drivers to get in and out of. And I don't know, that was just something Ray wanted to do. And um, I'm small enough that I don't need to use the trap door to get in and out of the window. So I was so excited. I win the race and get all my stuff undone. And uh, I, I went to get out of the car and I, I'm I've never had a door like that. I've been racing since 1986 and never had anything <laughs> like that. So I just left it closed and I, I go to get out of the car and the, uh, the the victory lane folks had already put the window net on the window ledge and then also the checkered flag. And as I got out, uh, I put my left foot, I think, on the checkered flag or the window net and it moved and the door caved and I was on my bum before I knew what the heck was going on and had a, a second to think about well, what am I going to do here, you know? Uh, you know, so I, I stayed crouched down for a, a little second, caught my breath, let out a big laugh and then got back up on top of the car. Definitely not my, my proudest moment, but I kind of think it was a little bit of sabotage. You know, I thought maybe Biffle or something <laughs> put him up to that to, uh, to make it so that it, it, I had to deal with something, you know, a little crazy there. Doug Kobe, winner of the first SRX race. Please tell me, we've talked about some crazy things that you've done. Please tell me when you got in the trailer that you didn't ask for any autographs for some of these top drivers in all of motorsports. Yeah, it's just not my style. You know, these these guys are uh, really hard-nosed racers, and um, I don't know that I've ever asked anybody I've raced with for an autograph. Um, you know, and it's not, not disrespecting them. I just feel like, you know, they're so busy, and they get autograph requests all the time, and a lot of times most of those guys just want to chill out and hang out and talk racing and talk life and talk politics. Um, so, oh, you know, one of those things where, you know, not, not my deal, you know, I'm, uh, I appreciate what those guys bring to the table. Their, their careers speak for themselves. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm not a, an autograph seeker really. Well, the freaks grew up on short tracks. We grew up at Irwindale Speedway. We grew up at Paris Auto Speedway. We grew up at short tracks, most of, all over the country. So we, have more than respect for what you did on a short track. Are you, was this luck? I don't think it was, but it, can we see more guys like you who win championships on the short, short track, they get an equal equipment, they're going to blow some of the big names away? Uh, I'd like to think so. I mean, I said from the beginning that, you know, this series is celebrating short track racing and bringing fan interest to uh, short tracks like my home track, Stafford Speedway. Fans that never would see a race at Stafford before got to see the track, see the facility. Uh, they got to see the SK Modifieds put on a great all-star race. And they also got to see the full racing card on Friday, Friday night that Stafford puts on every week. Um, and I think that that's an important part of motorsports is remembering that, you know, the grassroots racing and uh, grassroots racers, people who are, you know, crew chiefs, spotters, uh, people who are media members, calling the races, Mike Joy, all these guys, they started at short tracks. Um, you got Kyle Ricky on MRN, you know, you got all these people who do different things at the short tracks and move up into the higher parts of motorsports. And I think the SRX series really celebrates that. And uh, to have a live national audience bringing in new fans to short tracks all across the country is, is really what this series is all about. So what I remember most from short tracks is that these guys laugh and drink beer together after the race and they go to borrow parts from each other. But when that flag falls, they're liable to run somebody into the third row. 
And <laughs> you bring that same attitude in all short tracks. And that attitude doesn't always exist at Daytona or Talladega or uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway or some of the other places where these guys made their names. Yeah, of course. I mean, if you grow up racing short tracks and you go to the same track every Friday or Saturday night like they do at Stafford, uh, you're going to have your rivals. You're going to have the guys and girls that you can race with door to door and never touch. And you're going to have the ones that you race with and touch every single time. And, you know, I've done the grind at Stafford uh, weekly on Friday nights. And quite frankly, I mean, it caught up with me. Uh, over the years and it just gets really difficult to do so all the short track racers out there that are working full-time jobs and then busting their butts to get their cars ready in their their race shops every every night during the week taking their time off of work you know to travel and whatnot I mean that's that's who I represent um, my story is not you know I am not a grease monkey I'm not in, in the shop you know 12 hours a day so I don't want to misrepresent that but I grew up 100% in the short tracks. I put my time in, paid my dues, and uh, battled it out. And, you know, when these guys came to Stafford, everybody said to me, you know, what are you going to do if you have to get aggressive? I said, I'm going to lay the bumper on them if I have to. <laughs> um, I raced on the modified tour, man, and, and we got Nerf bars and bumpers, and we use them. And, and it's not no-touch racing, and it's skillful. You know, you have to be good at it. I'm not here to wreck everybody, but I'm here to not get pushed around either. Talk a little bit about not getting pushed around. I mean, you've got massive trophies right behind you right there. It's just your pedigree. You, you talked originally about how you walked into one of the Camping World RVs and there was Paul Tracy and Tony Kanan. What about Doug Kobe? Come on. People, they better be respecting you now. Clearly, you have a truck series ride right now, but it, it just... It's not really fair to me to see that, okay, yeah, you've got all these big guys. Everybody wants to go see the big guys in this XRS series. And then look what you did. You just crushed them. Hey, I'm fine with it. I think a lot of the local fans, they kind of pegged me as the favorite from the beginning. And, um, you know, they know that I know Stafford. I probably got 10,000 laps around that track. I've got 30 plus career wins and uh, three, now four different divisions. And, uh, you know, I ran full bodied cars there in my first five years when I was in my teens and early 20s and then moved up to the modified tour, which is, you know, the wheel and modified tour is the king of the Northeast. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's what you do and it's what you strive to race. And there are so many modifieds that we race here that people who, who are from the Midwest or from the South, they hear the word modified and they think of the IMSA style modifieds and the, the Florida modifieds. But the asphalt tour type modifieds of the Northeast are are so rad and, and I'm so fortunate to be able to race them. So um, I've never really cared about uh, where I go next because the modified tour, as far as I'm concerned, is one of the most competitive divisions in the country, including Cup Xfinity and Truck. From top to bottom, we have great racers and smart people and we put on a good show and, and the cars are fun to drive. Hey, let's get back to that race, Doug. Are, do you have a significant other? Do you have a spouse or a girlfriend? I, I do not. No, I'm single right now. Okay. Are long. you dating anyone? <laughs> Are you dating anyone? No. Okay. Well, this doesn't help me. Any. When you got home, bro, who <laughs> did you who did you celebrate that you kicked their ass the more? Did you to your to your crew to uh, relatives like I just kicked Tony Stewart's ass. The awesome thing about this race, uh, my sister and brother-in-law moved to uh, Wilmington, North Carolina area last August, and I haven't really seen them too much. But she drove up with my niece Kennedy for that race, um, and they were back in the pit area with me. and And my father, my sister, and I started racing quarter midgets back in 1986, and we traveled the country together. Uh, you know, my mom stayed home and kept the house running, and we went off and raced and. Um, you know, the three of us have this unique bond. Um, a lot of times if you see Bobby Santos win races, 
his parents, his sisters are there with their families. And it's the same thing with me. Doug, you didn't answer my question. <laughs> Who did you brag about kicking their ass more? The Indy 500 champion. You've got two Indy 500 champions. Oh, Come on. I think for most people, you know, beating Elio, just knowing he won the Indy 500 a couple of weeks ago. I mean, he's obviously a superstar for many reasons. Um, I got to- so much respect for Tony. Uh, and all he's done, you know, he ran a modified tour car back in 2006 at Loudon, and he was actually my teammate that day uh, because my uh, my car owner's son, Mark Chase, was working at Joe Gibbs Racing and uh, got him in the car. So, you know, that kind of stuff, it, it hasn't really sunk in. You know, I, like I said, you know, uh, we strap on our helmets and I don't care if you're the president of the United States. You know, I'm going to race you like a racer. I'm going to give you respect, but I'm going to move you out of the way if I have to. And, um, you know, that's just how I've always been. And I try to do it tactfully and tastefully. Um, and sometimes it, it works, sometimes it doesn't. But, you know, it's not, you know, for me, just beating all those guys is a huge deal. And, uh, you know, it just proves how difficult Stafford is as a speedway to just figure out how to get around. It's not easy. And and the people who do it weekly have uh, have known that for years. Wait a minute. Crash, I'm stepping in No, here. no, you go. You mentioned Elio, beating Elio, Indy 500 winner. I got to ask you, dude, you're not dating anybody, but can you beat Elio on the dance floor? He's also won the dance no. competition. I, listen, you saw my exit of the race car. You really think I'm going to be dancing against Elio? I mean, I, I know how to pick and choose my battles, man. And I pick Stafford <laughs> Speedway any day over any of that stuff. So uh, I might beat him on Twitter as like, uh, you know, if you, I'm pretty, pretty, I like to find funny little gifts, images and mess around with my friends on Twitter quite a bit. So, uh, I might be a little witty there, but definitely not in a dancing competition. Definitely not. Oh, so Kenny. you got that clean beard and everything is all well groomed and everything. Do you do that for the freaks or is that Doug Kobe when he gets uh, in the club and uh, the women line up to, uh, <laughs> oh drink this? It's it's always like this. I feel like I feel like clean shaven. I always look like a little baby. So uh, I've been one of those guys that when I was 21, I looked like I was about 14. So the second I could grow a little bit of a beard, it stayed. And uh, that's kind of just makes me feel like I'm <laughs> a little bit older. You only look 16 now, dude. Hey, I'll take it. You know, I could be like the new thing in NASCAR, right? Like they they want young kids and maybe just find an old guy who looks like a younger guy. And I, we could trick some people, you know, there you go. It's There's the year of the old guy. I mean, it's, if it's Tom Brady, it's Phil Mickelson, it's Elio Castroneves, it's Doug Kobe. So, yeah, take it and run with it. It's experience, you know, and, and, you know, especially in racing, you know, racing's tough because we've definitely – we go in waves in this sport. And Brian Brown and I were on a call uh, yesterday, and he – he's my age, he's 42. And he summed up exactly what I've said many, many times, which is when I was 21 – the, the people in motorsports were looking for experienced guys that were tw- in their late 20s or 30s. So we got overlooked. Now that we got to our 30s and 40s, they're looking for 16, 17 year olds. And, um, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that motorsports uh, is, is unique in the fact that the race cars don't know how old the person is that's turning the wheel and pushing the pedals. And if you're good and you're 50, then by all means, if you're the best out there, you should have a shot. And if you're good and you're 12, you should be out there and have a shot. And it's all about good racing and it's all about uh, different stories. And too many times today, I feel like we kind of hear the same story. 
And I'm feeling a little bit of a, a shift of the tide, so to say. Everybody wants the Josh Berry story. Everybody wants Ryan Priest, who bet on himself to get in the Joe Gibbs ride and goes out there and wins two Xfinity rides. And maybe they want a 41-year-old who goes up against the champions and beats him at his home track. So uh, stories are what makes motorsports interesting and what makes it fun. And racing's supposed to be fun. And too many times these days, we forget that. And I'm here to say, you know, my career has gone from 1986 and it's still going 2021 and beyond, you know, um, that's a long time. And I've seen a lot, been a lot and heard a lot. And, you know, maybe now it's my turn, you know, six time <laughs> Wheeling modified champion, of course, the inaugural winner, Stafford Raceway, SRX inaugural winner. It's good to get Doug Kobe here in the Freak Nation, buddy. Thanks for doing this, man. It's been fun. Yeah, you guys are awesome. I appreciate it. And, uh, Looking forward to seeing uh, more of your stuff, and maybe we'll talk after that truck race in September. I checked in with Formula Drift this weekend. Imagine my surprise to find someone is using a Ferrari in competition and won a battle this weekend in Englishtown. It isn't a front runner, but the idea of Federico Serfo building a Ferrari 599 drift car with a supercharged 6-liter V12, well, that's crazy. And it's not Ferrari red, it's yellow. Looks good, though, and sounds wonderful. He could sell CDs or downloads for your own in-car enjoyment. The youth movement in IndyCar is hitting Formula D. I'm impressed that a one-time buddy, Chelsea Denofa, a former broadcast engineer in Philadelphia, is now winning events and in the top five in points, top qualifier this weekend. The two guys who started Formula Drift are brilliant. In 18 years, they've survived a worldwide recession and a global pandemic, and they're still growing. That's world-class cool. Peace. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined. I don't mind you coming here, wasting all my time. Not much motorsports. Not much motorsports. Not much motorsports. Not, not, not. Well, not only that. Not much motorsports. Not much motorsports. We got a couple of minutes here. Triple F got us a good list of Father's Day gifts. Uh, one of my favorites, of course, is uh, the best farter ever coffee mug for seventeen ninety nine. Wait, the mug farts? The mug pays homage to your father's flatulent nature in the most flattering way possible. Yeah. Flattering flatulence? Yeah, right. You have the beer op the beeropoly board game. <laughs> the meat bouquet. <laughs> The Olympia Provision Salami Bouquet. Oh, Statman, here's one for you. Scotch-infused toothpicks. Oh, wow. Yeah. The custom portrait of your dad or family dog in the Renaissance style. We've all seen those. Come on. <laughs> the uh, custom royal bidet. For dad? 
Yeah. No. <laughs> you still haven't mentioned my favorite. Which one? The potty putter game. Yeah, babe. Where dad sits on the john. Kind of <laughs> like you, Kenny, where you know. Hey, you, come on. You, you take listen. your time. You take your time when you're sitting on the john. And so instead of you reading magazines or sitting there with your cell phone, I should have gotten you this potty putter where you just sit there and you roll out the green, put your golf ball down there, and you put it into the hole. And you just keep practicing your putt. I'm putting it up in the hole already while I'm sitting on the can. I don't need to be <laughs> co- concentrating on something else. Oh, wow. So you learn how to <laughs> sit down and putt instead of standing up and putting. It is. It's got to be some correlation. Forrest Lucas, I think, will be joining us next. <laughs> Speed Freaks Pits and Lucas Oil Studios. <laughs> Sports Radio, redefined. Hey, Freak Nation, if the grind, whine, and squeal of your vehicle's power steering makes you cringe every time you reach for the wheel, then grab Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. That's Lucas's unique formula that fixes most worn rack and pinions, pumps, and gearboxes, making them perform like new. Using Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak, you'll find it eliminates squeals, seal leaks, and rough spots. And get this, it's 100% guaranteed. So there's no reason to use anything but Lucas Power Steering Stop Leak. Lucas Oil, it works. Lucas Complete Engine Treatment. It's a new multifunctional cleaner plus lubricant. It's designed for use in both engine oil and fuel systems. It cleans and lubricates the entire gas or diesel fuel system from the tank to injectors. It contains special Lucas additives that cause the fuel to burn thoroughly and help increase your miles per gallon. Expect longer engine life, longer oil life, cleaner exhaust, and less fuel consumption. Lucas Oil Complete Engine Treatment. It works. Hey, Freak Nation, did you hear? With the addition of MAV-TV Plus to the MAV-TV Motorsports Network, they've got their full live event broadcast schedule for 2021. It's a total of 226 live race broadcasts featuring 11 highly competitive racing series. This year's live coverage on MAV-TV features the Arkham Menard Series, midget car action provided by the Power Eye National Midget League, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series, and the Pro Pulling League. There's even the Moto America Series, Midwest Drag Racing Series, American Sprint Car Series, Pro Motocross, Hoosier Arena Cross, and the Lucas Oil Chili Bowl National. It's MAV-TV's most robust live coverage schedule in network history. So come join us at MAV-TV, the only television network in the U.S. dedicated exclusively to motorsports. For more information on MAV-TV and MAV-TV Plus, go to MAVTV.com to get your motorsports fix 24-7, 365. It's called a tune-up in a bottle for good reason. One little bottle added to every tank of fuel is like a team of mechanics going to work. Lucas Fuel Treatment cleans and lubricates the entire fuel system. It increases power and fuel economy and burns excess exhaust emissions. Lucas Oil Fuel Treatment is the best and simplest way to get your vehicle to perform at its peak. Keep that engine alive with Lucas Oil. Hey, Freak Nation, whether you're looking for a tire that balances high-performance responsiveness and traction in wet and light snow conditions, excellent handling and traction in off-road situations, or a summer performance tire designed with the driving enthusiast in mind, General Tire has you covered. From the G-Max RS to the Grabber ATX, no matter what you drive, General Tire will get you where you're going. Learn more at GeneralTire.com. 
General Tire, supporting the Freak Nation for two decades. You're listening to Speed Freaks. Motorsports Radio Redefined. Summer is here, Freak Nation. So protect that interior of your car with Lucas Oil Slick Mist Interior Detailer. You got plastic, vinyl, metal, all your surfaces. Lucas Interior Detailer could take care of it. It's awesome. Restores your interior quick and easy. Man, it's baking out there in the great Southwest right about now. Go to lucasoil.com. That's lucasoil.com for more information or your favorite auto parts store today. Check it out. Lucas Oil Slick Mist Interior Detailer. Speaking of Lucas Oil, grew up in rural Indiana, started his own company, Lucas Oil, has his name on the side of Colt Stadium, Lucas Oil Stadium, I should say. It's an incredible story. We spent about 60 minutes with Forrest Lucas, the namesake, again, from Lucas Oil. We'll put up the video here probably this week on our Facebook and our YouTube page. But here's a portion of that interview with uh, a man which is frankly pretty darn responsible for us being on the air for almost 21 years. It's Forrest Lucas in the Freak Nation. Hey, Forrest, I don't know if you know this, but we've been around for 20 years. And of those 20 years, Lucas Oil has been a part of those 20 years. But let's go a little bit before the 20 years when we when we partnered up. Can you tell the story? It's like an old wives' tale. Were you actually selling oil out of the back or at least giving away oil in the back of an 18-wheeler before you put Lucas oil on a bottle, how did how did this whole thing literally start from the man who started Lucas oil? Well, I did. I had, I had a truck for I started started out using uh, making the oil for my own trucks. So I had a small fleet truck then. But yeah, I, I, I sold some out of the back of the truck. I delivered a lot of like that. Not no problem at all. For sure did. Do you stop at truck stop saying this is this is the oil that's going to keep your your rigs on the road much longer than the other stuff that's on the shelf? Yeah, yeah I probably did, yeah. Because it was true. I, I did a lot of testing and stuff, made sure everything was what I said it was going to be. There was no sense making it if it wasn't going to make it better. I was, I was trying other stuff and it wasn't good enough. So I blundered onto some additive that nobody else has still ever blundered onto. And uh, then... Plus the fact I knew what the problems were with vehicles, how much they needed. I could easily put in the right amount. And I'm just uh, the trucking industry, you know, there's a lot of magazines out at the time. Right, CB radios had just come out. They were very popular. So I was able to uh, get the word out to everybody. And the other truck drivers go down the road talking about, hey, you know, I just put the stuff in there and uh, Lucas Oil and um, I gained 20 pounds of oil pressure, you know, which was huge back then. So, and I had the field treatment I already made too. So, we, uh, my own trucks, I went up to four and a half miles a gallon, which is what most trucks got back then, up to five miles a gallon. So, okay. What was your CB name, Forrest Lucas? Your CB, if you were telling people on the CB what to put in their engines, that Lucas Oil was the bomb, what was your CB name? How did you call to them? Alcoholic. What? What? Nobody else used the name alcoholic. All the other good names, you know, dozens of people using them. I was up one time. I was coming up alcoholic because not that it was an alcoholic, just a uh, different name. So I, worked out, 
Yeah. And it's a little bit catchy, I'd have to say. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke, you know, but so it's, you know, got a lot of laughs. <laughs> yes, yes. Breaking one nine, breaking one nine. It's the alcoholic. Got some bears in the air, but I got some Lucas Oil transmission fix over here in exit 43 off of 95, eh? <laughs> Right, I've done this before. <laughs> my, yeah, this forest. I'm old enough. I had a CB in my gremlin, bro. My name was Soccer Kid. Soccer Kid, breaker one three one three. We got a couple of bummers up in the air. Look at those trucks flying by. We must have some smokies behind about a mile back. Come on. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. You can do it. Wow. Good job. <laughs> You're a national you? now, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> Forrest, can you believe who this guy is? He was a, a a beer guy. Now he drinks wine. No kids. Well, now he fawns over his daughter. I mean, who is this guy? It's who is Kenny? <laughs> it's okay. It's just Kenny, though, right? Yeah, just Kenny. Yeah. It's good to see you. It's been a while. Right? You know? <laughs> And uh, there's been a long time since we got to see each other. Right. It's been Kenny. a weird couple of years. So, yeah, we're ready to see you guys again. Yeah, Crash Bladers, you hardly changed at all. Right. Thank you. But um, there's a few things that you see. You can only see me from this way up. Wow. The 2020 with COVID. Speaking of alcoholic, I had a few too many. Let's just say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably a lot of people did. Yeah. 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 We also use Lucas hand sanitizer. I didn't realize that until after this pandemic broke out that suddenly you guys are making things to help people. I mean, when you started this oil company way back when for trucks, did you ever, ever think you'd be having such a massive line of products, including sanitizer for crying out loud? No, 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 no. I had no idea. We, we make more different products than any oil company in the world. Oh, yeah. By far, by far, more than everybody else. How many countries are your products in? Not, not all of them. No, no, I, I put it in China. It didn't take me long to get it out of there because not everybody in the world copycatting over there. So I, I don't, I, I would hesitate to say we're in yeah. mostly European countries. Wow. And uh, Mexico, big time, Canada, geez, Africa, some places in Africa, I know. But um, no doubt we've got big distributors that we don't know where they all sell to. <laughs> a, lot, a lot in Israel, uh, in uh, Iran, down through there. There's a lot of wow. there were a lot of down there. Here's this here's this guy just a couple decades ago selling oil off the side of the road, and now you are everywhere. It blows my mind. So I can only imagine you and Charlotte sometimes sit back and are like, wow, we did this. We what is going on here? It happened so gradually, you know, we didn't actually we we did do a lot of work. The trade shows, we did lots and lots and lots of trade shows, getting it sold. You know, I know when we started. How are we going to sell it? We're going to go out and call on everybody with a whole bunch of people or just do a lot of advertising. You can't just sit still and do that. Because I've, I've watched all these companies all the years, you know, the truck stops were good, good examples of what could business be. But I, I drove a moving van for all those years and met lots of company presidents and stuff like that. So I had a lot of chance to learn from a lot of people. Hmm. But I, I knew I had something nobody else had, and there was a need for it, a big need. And uh, we were starting to talk about emissions at the time. So I knew when our fuel treatment, when I got there to have my gallon, I also noticed that my smoke was about all gone. A lot of old trucks smoked like that. That's where they probably didn't get enough fuel miles over that. But now, looking at that, you know, I can see that my emissions were down. And I 
went and had it tested. Sure enough, our missions were about down to nothing. We did some testing in the Navy and places like that that proved all that stuff that uh, they called me. I didn't call on them, but they did a lot of, lot of testing on it. So that just made it better for me. I learned more things from them than I even knew myself. Let's go back to the beginning. When you were looking down the road and you were just trying to get your company launched, you were selling the brand Lucas Oil. Did you see Lucas Oil Stadium, Lucas Oil Productions, Lucas Mav TV, all the things? I know I still smile when I look at a baseball game and I see yes. Lucas Oil come up behind every <laughs> all the batters. I bet. Do you do the same thing, or are you so? Do you ever get used to seeing that? To some extent, I suppose probably do, but I, I enjoy seeing it. When I say a baseball game or basketball game or say our name up there, I always kind of, yeah, I like the fit. Yes, I still do. <laughs> I, may, I had no idea we'd ever do all these things we did. So uh, we did not plan ahead for it. We planned ahead for what's happening today, but I also planned ahead for 20 years from now. Best I could. How did the original conversation start, Forrest Lucas, about putting your name on the side of a football stadium in downtown Indianapolis? Well, I knew they were going to build it. They was they started building it. They started digging on it. We've been talking about it for a long time. I was there, and I thought I was spending a lot of time up there. But uh, one of my guys that works for me said, "Why don't you go out there and uh, make them an offer?" Because they were couldn't find anybody that, that would, would sponsor it. I, I bet it cost too much. No way to do it. And I started driving home back in Southern Indiana. And I got to think about, uh, I don't know what they're going to charge, what they're charging. So maybe I can do it, you know? So I called him back. I said, find out how much they, they want. I must have tried to get. So I went and talked to him. Colts. We had a lot of, I had a real good guy working for the Colts at the time that we were able to work with. They were, the Colts were doing a real good job back yep. then. Colts were the, the team. This is pre-Super Bowl, before they won the Super Bowl, because you guys were there, right? Yes. So, yeah, you know, we, we, uh, we made a deal. And uh, I, I went, got crazy and made it for 20 years because I thought, well, with the, way <laughs> the money was changing in 20 years, and now it would probably be little or nothing, you know. Was there much negotiation that went on? Was it, were you bidding against anybody else to – to get the name on the side of the stadium? No, no just uh, no. There's nobody else trying to get it. But I was trying to get all I could out of it. Right. I get all they could. And uh, we got a lot of stuff out of it. You know, the stadium, we're the only court in the country that has a, a, a stadium, inside stadium there. The Plaza, the Lucas Oil Plaza, if you know what I'm talking about. We have all the race cars and stuff sitting in there. Everybody's wishing they had one of those now, but we didn't have ones because first you got to have a Lucas Oil girl along with it that's going to do it, which they don't have. But they also got their building already built, and there's no place to put anything like that in there. Indianapolis got something nobody else got with the Lucas Oil. Not too shabby. Forrest Lucas joining us here, Speed Freaks Pits, and you and Jim Ursay have something that Jerry Jones doesn't have. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that is true. Vim's fighting words with his yes. Cowboys fan, Forrest. Come on, buddy. Actually, uh, we're doing a deal with the Cowboys on the side, too, as you probably already know. Yeah, you're the official oil of the Dallas Cowboys, or official yeah. additive, right? Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and the Colts uh, was okay with that. They back they they suggested we do that. Oh wow, that's cool. So in essence, that's kind of leading you down the road, I would think, to being the official oil or additives of the NFL. Maybe. Baby steps? That'd be a baby step. No, I'm not. I'm not trying to do that yet, but uh, uh, you never know what the future holds. You just never know. Look at that smile. That's I know. (laughs) Somebody's talking about that already. You're trying. Well, you never know. What the future holds. That's like the hustler in the pool. Is this that game where you hit the white ball and that big look at the smile on his face? He's talking right. (laughs) (laughs) You know how it all goes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Hey, every team has vehicles. It works. Ah, there's your tagline. It works. It worked. That's one of my pet taglines. I got to make up a lot of taglines. I think I made them all up, but the, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a, those taglines really went a long ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they did. We used your your drop, your audio drop, many years. It works. Yes, on the radio right. show for many years, man. Hey, Forrest, all these things that you've done in your career, and it's a question that's asked a guy of your significance from time to time of the achievements, whether it was race wins with a, with a, with an IndyCar race or the side of the a building with the Indianapolis Colts, or that people are chasing you for these additives and these concoctions that you've come up. What's, what's been one or two of your biggest victories as the founder of Lucas oil. Can you put your finger on a couple of, uh, again, mountainous climbs that you've achieved in your lifetime? Uh, well, right. As far as business goes, uh, it all goes back to the oil company. Now we've got a lot of stuff going on, Mav TV. Uh, we got lots of stuff happening, but it all goes back to selling oil. And the best thing about selling oil is not the fact that we've made a lot of money. In fact, we have saved the people of this world. Billions and billions and billions of dollars in repairs. And a lot mm. of real poor people, you know, in Mexico and other countries, you know, where the, the parts are very, very, very expensive and uh, the fuels are bad, the oils are bad. So if they can fix a transformation, an automatic transformation, which is normally here in the United States, to be a $4,000 deal. But if you can rather fix that for a $20 bottle of oil, special oil, Transfixed, mm-hmm. but you save somebody a whole lot of money, whole lot of money, because a lot of, most people do not have a lot of cash on hand. Then they, mm-hmm. you're right, helping so many people that you don't even realize on a day to day basis needed your product and how it saves them tons of money in the in the process. That's amazing. That's true. I've, I've thought about that for a long time, knowing from the beginning what was happening because it would already happen to us. What happened to us? Uh-huh. Happened to the truck stops. And then we got uh, we had the, the two tr- fuel treatment and a stabilizer. And then uh, I had a guy come to work for me, a young man down in New Orleans, and uh, he'd been working in the auto parts industry. So he said we should put it in there. I said, well, I got to add a couple more things to that to have enough to make a display. So at the time, General Motors, their rack and paintings, every power string they had had a problem with it. 
So we knew we could fix that. And then, uh, uh, what was the other part? Uh, the transmission fix. Mm -hmm. That this went from three speeds up to four speeds. And all those three speeds weren't that expensive to fix, but the four speeds were. And it took a while for those to start wearing out, but they went from four or $500 to fix your three speed up to three or $4,000 to fix your, your uh, transmission nowadays. Well, you, you put this transmission fix in there from the time it's new, you should never have a problem. But if the stuff's going bad on you at 100,000 miles or whatever it is, start slipping, put this in there and you need to bring it back to life if it didn't let it go too far. The story of Forrest Lucas, that's only about 15 minutes of it. You need about 15 days to hear the full story. We'll do it again next Father's Day, Freak Nation. We got to get the hell out of here, Crash. All right. All right. Shoot the juice to the moose and stab man. Cut it loose. Zip. Speed Freaks, Motorsports Radio, redefined.